Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. How's it going, Mark? It's going well. It's it's busy. Um, some of my projects uh, at work are, you know, pushing off to the, you know, deployment certification, publish stage. Oh uh, and man, it's, it's, it's so good. good when that finally happens. It it does. It's you know, it's there's always those last minute kind of like, oh, uh, sometimes the client's like, oh, can we get these features in? And you're like, uh, kind of late for that, maybe. <laughs> or sure, these ones we can. Let's let's hit the other ones in the maintenance cycle. Or um, another ones, uh, you know, there's just, there's just always some unforeseeable things, but there's it's, always it's always a good feeling. There's always something, and you know, even once it's in production and it's out there and it's deployed and it's being used, it's not like that's the end. No, no, no. But uh, but but it's it's a wonderful, wonderful milestone. So so I know you're not quite there yet, but congratulations on. Yes, I'm feeling. I'm definitely feeling it's close. Yeah. Thanks. Things uh, going okay for you? Busy. You know, it's it's busy. It's uh, we're finally getting into September and. Uh, you know the September. end of the end of the quarter is coming up, so some of some clients who like you know having things done by the end of quarter, yep, their things done by the end of quarter. So, uh, so we're we're coming up on that real soon. Um, so things are busy. Yeah, you know, I was thinking uh, last week we talked about the text to speech part of the whole conversation cycle. Um, and right. the various technologies that let us do that and so forth and so on. And I'm wondering if, uh, what, what do you think about this week? Let's tackle it from the other side. You know, the the speech to text part or the the speech to intent part. You know, how how sure. stuff gets into the voice cycle. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that sounds good. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll talk about a few terms. I think like ASR is probably something we want to make sure we bring up. NLU and uh, something called SLU. SLU, um, okay. So that that's a new term to me, but we'll get to it, I think. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about what some of those terms mean. So the, the, the big two parts in this are ASR, or Automatic Speech Recognition, and NLU, Natural Language Understanding. And I sometimes see this called NLP, or Natural Language Processing. Right. And honestly, I'm sure there are people that would tell me there is a difference between NLP and NLU. I'm not sure I know what the difference is, but I'm sure there's somebody who will tell me what the difference is. Um, I don't, well, I don't I, know what's your take on the difference between the two. There, I you know I don't know about, personally. I, I don't know I always kind of thought NLP is kind of like a broader category of things. Hmm, okay, and and NLU being one of the things that are in that. Um, from a developer's perspective, um, we're consumers of um, services that provide ASR and NLU. We're not the type of developers that are actually making the NLU and ASR right. stuff, no. and so I'm sure that there's a different perspective if you're if you're a developer that's focusing on on that that part. No, that's a good point, and I'm sure at some point we'll we'll get guests in who will talk about the details that go into building an ASR model, building that language model, the the language processing model, and you know building the NLU, not just using an NLU, but right. that's not going to be tonight. Yeah, because um, you know so, we're yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. I, yeah. I was just talking about that we were that we're either starting with um, an audio file or like in essence recording from a microphone of spoken text as input, or we we have the text transcription. So. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like ASR sits in front of NLU a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and um, but there are some like if you were doing a chat bot where you were typing or something with SMS where you're typing you're you're texting things back and forth, then you're you're then avoiding you're the ASR. Yeah. Yeah, you're skipping the ASR part, um, and you're going right to the NLU because you're trying to figure out well here's a sentence that the string of words, um, this text, this big string. Um, that have space tokens in it. Right. Um, you know what? What? What does this thing even mean? Or what? How does this bot or assistant interpret that thing? Right. And that's that's the NLU part. And, and I'd also say that um, there are times that you really don't need the NLU part. You know, if you're just looking for 
sentiment analysis, for example, is this mm -hmm. a positive statement or a negative statement, <clears throat> then all you really need is the ASR part right. to feed into the, the sentiment analysis, to feed into the parts of speech analysis. You know, so there, there are other, other components that can be at play. And some of the services offer these components either bundled into something like ASR or as separate components. Yeah, and and then I'll I'll talk about this last term that and just throw that out since we're kind of defining things right now is this SLU, which um, I, I actually heard this term quite a bit when uh, doing stuff with Jovo. They call it spoken language understanding. It's kind of the kind of the merging together of ASR and NLU. Oh, interesting. Where sometimes you can skip the actual text part in the middle. You start with the audio input, and at the end of the thing, you get back the intent and entities. And we haven't really talked about the entities part of it, but but um, so like, for, for example, Lex is one of those examples in the Amazon world where I can pay for just the, here's my text string and you tell me the intent that comes back. And that's cheaper than if I say, here's this audio input, I want you to tell me what the, um, the text is and also what the the intents and entities are for that right. so that and could I'm, be more expensive so there's there might be reasons like you know financial reasons why you might want to do something different with the asr but there might be reasons and there might be even be some advantages I, to having those two steps together that you go right from the uh the audio input into the the intents on the on the backside. so so two thoughts there the first is google has something similar their yeah. their dialogue flow product um does much the same thing you can either feed it in a a text uh input for it to to come out with the intent or you can feed it an audio stream and it mm -hmm. will turn that into an intent the audio stream though basically it uses google's speech to text engine which you can also get separately so it's you know do you want to do it separately or just have it all bundled together. It's mostly a matter of convenience. But you're right that there are some cases where bundling them helps. And there are some cases where keeping them separate causes problems, I think. And I think we'll we'll touch on some of those problems. Yeah. Let's make sure we touch on some of those problems. <laughs> um so let's 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 talk about ASRs a little bit. Uh, as I said, I know Google has a a product cleverly called Google Cloud Speech to Text. Gotta That's, hand yeah, it to those. Uh, it, it, there is no ambiguity in what it is, though. No, this is true, and you, you gotta hand you hand it to the Google marketers that um, the the crack Google marketing team that sometimes they just you know get the name spot on. Um. Well, and, but like Amazon takes the other approach. It's like, oh, this is Lex. What is Lex? Well, it's not quite Alexa, but it's, not it's kind of, it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's just Lex without the A's, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, you know, there's, I, I think the advantage of being able to do it as part of the separate component means you have a little more control over it. At least I know on the Google Cloud side, you can pick between several models. And on the Dialogflow side, I don't think you can choose which model you want to use. So, you know, if you've got um, use cases that you're specifically trying to do, you can test them against the various models and see which ones produce better output. Um, and you have to realize the, these ASR models, some of them are, are some of them are very complicated because they're trying to pick between which you know various homonyms that can be there. Right. So so you know it's the responsibility of these models to kind of pick between the right homonyms. So for example, something like I need an appointment for four. Is that two number fours that we're talking about? Is you know what what does that mean? Or sorry, not not what does it mean? What does it look like as text? And right. it's the ASR's job to to figure that out. Yeah, and and it's a lot of the times the language models that you're defining doesn't really have anything to do with the ASR. In some in some cases it does, 
um, depending on what you're using, because it's it's just saying this is the text string, and I'm you know these two words together, and it's kind of interesting. Like if if you're doing something like on Chrome, and Chrome has its own built-in ASR, and you can you start talking, you can start seeing it. And I think you can probably even see the same thing when you're talking to Google. It starts saying the words that you're saying, and then it like groups them together. I'm like, and then oh, it goes I think back you're talking about this. And then, and and then you say something else and it switches it back to something else. And then yeah. you finally, you know, it's trying to figure out which words go together. It's kind of like a, you know, like when you're typing something on your phone and it's doing the autocomplete, it's not like, oh, the next best autocomplete for this point in time is this. Oh, no, no, we're changing the autocomplete to this now. We're So that's kind of ASR, but it's not really the language model that you're doing because the language model is is mostly geared towards this is, um, for this sentence, these are the intents that map to it. So that's kind of the second side of things. See, Go I ahead. Would have, I would have, I would have called that the conversation model. Yeah, I'm just Amazon calls it the language model. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. See, I always think of what the the NLU does, the artificial intelligence behind the NLU, as having a conversation model, whereas the artificial intelligence behind the ASR has a language model. It understands whatever the language is that you're you're speaking. Um, and I think that that whole words jumping around type thing, it's a little bit weird, but when you see what some of the output of the ASR is, it kind of makes sense that really what, what the ASR is doing, it doesn't really give one sentence. It gives a bunch of sentences with the probability of each sentence as it goes. Yeah. So, you know, this is this is my best guess for what I think they said. And this is my second best guess for what I think they said. And here's how confident I am that this is what they said. And usually tools like Google Assistant and Alexa and Dialogflow take the number one response from the ASR. Yeah. And just assume that, 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 that that's it, that it got it right. Whereas at the end. Whereas that's not always the best approach in some ways. Yeah, and so and so that that um, you know, in your terminology, that conversation model that you're saying, these are the intents that I want you to figure out if the, if this is the text that that's been said. Um, how that doesn't really influence the ASR. There are some packages that do kind of join those things together. You know, uh, it comes to mind something like a Houndify, um, or I'm trying to think of other. Uh, you know, kind of combination engines. There, it might even be similar, like with Pico Voice. There's, there's lots of different providers that mm -hmm. either provide ASR or NLU or both. Um, that they do try to go uh, from that audio input speech right to understanding, as opposed to let's convert that to text and then we feed that text string into the next, you know, thing in the pipeline and we figure out what you meant by that. Um, so. One, one of the other approaches similar to that that I've seen are uh, what they, you know, are, are biasing hints. So sometimes I've seen cases where the NLU will say, you know, can, can tell the ASR, here are words that I am expecting. Here are mm -hmm. some entities that I'm expecting, for example. Um, you might want to bias these a little bit more over similar sounding ones that aren't there you know so it it's yeah. not it never is an absolute but it kind of nudges it in a in a different direction i've seen that on some uh asr nlu combinations yeah because if you've got a if you're like a, have a food menu or you you have like you have something that's a very prescribed list of of you know words or or phrases that that are the main focus of the assistant. Um, that's also why it's important to have a very focused assistant as opposed to like a general purpose answers everything in the world. Um, as Cause you know, then that just gets so much harder, but um, I, I could see that influencing. So if you said something that was really close to like, Oh, this is, this is obviously this menu item. It makes more sense if, you know, if that, and, and that, and that's, I think what we're going to see more of is, you know, be able to have tools where the what we specify in that model that was originally just for figuring out intents and entities, um, 
started influencing you know how the uh asr is is you know, yeah like you say biased or how how that's being processed i i can easily see more and more biasing like that and on the flip side i can also see nlus getting smarter and saying instead of just taking the the top one asr hit yeah looking at the range of them and saying well you know this one came in second but not by very far and it has some of the entity matching or and it's a better fit for some of the phrases that we have so maybe that's really what they said you know, yeah, and that and that's interesting too because then you could do something like, well, these two are really close. It could automatically then come back with a, did you mean A or B? Yeah, um, or something like that. And 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 the assistant could take more of that on. Um, this isn't exactly the same thing, but like for example, with with Lex, you could also say, um, this is. This is kind of like the, if you're if you have a lot of slot filling that you need to do, you have a specific intent, but you have four slots. It's like car reservation, and you need the date and the location and the type of car and I don't know, whatever else. You need all that information before you can do something. Um, that's that's still a conversation turn to get each of those different slots. And one of the things that that Lex does allows you to do is that you can define that slot filling logic inside of Lex itself. So that's no longer in your business code, it's in the model. And so what you get back from that um, ASR or the NLU layer um, is not just intents and entities, but also conversational response items. And so then you could like forward that off to the response that says, oh, this is the text. Cause you could even specify these are the texts that you would oh, say. You, okay, I know where yeah. you're going with this. So, yes. so, and that's so th 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 that's another feature that that some of these things provide, right? And that this, again, this that's a feature that, that that dialogue flow has as well. Both both of the flavors of dialogue flow. We're going to cover dialogue flow in more detail another time. Yeah, I, we we definitely need to because that's uh they're 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 the big players, and um, you know, I I need to convince Google that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to some of this stuff. Um, I should remove that from the script anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i think we so yeah so yeah we're i think what we're seeing in general is asrs are getting a little bit more responsibility and nlus are getting a lot more responsibility um and i think combining them together under the i already forgot the name of it slu spoken SLU, language understanding you. yeah um is certainly an interesting approach as we see them, you know, overall getting more and more of the fine grained control that we're going to be needing with with independent assistance. Yeah. And 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 something you also have to consider about is like, is this assistant going to live in mobile? Is it going to live on web? Is it going to live in its own custom hardware? And diff those different things could mean different things. Like if I've if I'm know that my browser is going to be Chrome, then Chrome's got a pretty good ASR built into it. So you could save some money um, and just let Chrome process the ASR piece and send you the text. Um, You've got me really curious. Is Chrome's yeah. ASR actually built into Chrome or is it just streaming it to Google Cloud? I, and I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not charging anybody anything. No. So. Well, I mean, so, I know that, for example, Android has a speech-to-text, yeah, speech-to-text engine or a speech-to-text framework that has multiple engines in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that on, you know, something like a Pixel 6, you know, that can handle speech-to-text locally, it handles it using a, a built-in engine. Whereas for ones that don't, it streams it to Google, I'm guessing. Yeah. But I'm not sure how much developers have control over that. Yeah, that's on my list of, of things to dig into more on the <laughs> Android world. My very long list of things to dig into yeah. more on the Android world. <laughs> so, but like, interesting, like, uh, um, like so some other browsers, like non-Chrome non browsers, um, 
then you can open up the mic and you get the stream of, of audio. So you could get the base 64 encoded audio either as a blob of audio once you're done, or it could be streaming. And so then you would need to have something on the server side that's, that's actually doing the ASR um, for that. So depending on how you're using that, you might have very similar backend logic, but depending on if the client is, um, you know, like I say, a smart speaker that you're, you know, custom hardware or a browser or, um, or mobile, then you might have, you know, in some cases, the, the processing of the ASR being hap happening on the client and some of that might be pushed to the server. And I think in some ways that's good because, you know, what that means is you can, you can see if you can handle it locally and the local, and you know that the local model will handle it well enough, use that. Great. Um, or use, you know, if you need to program your own local models that are going to run in JavaScript, use TensorFlow Lite or something like that. Yeah. Um, or send it off to the cloud. You know, Google and Amazon are both, you know, have, have nearby places for you to hit. They'll get you a streaming response quickly. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a lot less effort. Uh, or, you know, start with a streaming one. And as your product matures, move it locally to improve performance. Yep. You know, that's as developers, we can evaluate all these options and figure out which one is the best given our current set of criteria. Yep. And using good old client server, you know, kind of design patterns, you can separate the client side of it from the server business logic side of things so that you could reuse your business logic across multiple clients. And, and you don't have to worry about, you know, you have to worry about your client if, if it's going to do ASR or not, but then a, a lot of your business logic and, you know, talking to API calls and data storage and all that stuff could just happen on the server. Right. Well, and actually, you know, so with that, anything, we, we wandered all over the, the topic map here. Was there anything else we wanted to cover on ASRs? Um, no. Okay. Other than with ASR and NLU, each of those steps take time. Yes. No, the, the longer the phrase that you say, the the longer if it's going to you know take to to send that big chunk of information or to stream that uh, audio up to the server if that's what you're doing. So that takes time, and then and then actually um, running it through the NLU step uh, could take time too, especially since you know, a lot of times you're making another API call to for the NLU to well take and intensity. Right, and that reminds me of one of the the other main features in an ASR, actually in a in the in the microphone stage, is the the silence detection point. How do yeah. we know when the person has stopped talking? And that's kind of outside the ASR component, but it's important to keep in mind as you're developing a system on your own. You know that you you don't want to just keep the mic opening because now you're just you keep streaming stuff. Somewhere you need to say they've said enough or they've stopped and apply some logic to, to deal with that. Well, and then you've got to think about like the other side of the sandwich. If that, if that's one piece of bread, which is the silence detection, there's the wake word yeah, so detection I, I, on the front. Yep. And so, um, you know, or the, or you could do a tap to talk. That's, that's, right. that's, that's a, a paradigm too. But if you've got a wake word, you've got it. You're listening for that wake word, which triggers, and then that has to trigger the start of the actual like recording of the part that's the the utterance that you want to say to the silence detection point to know that that's the 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 audio chunk that that's that's going to be uh, converted into the you know through the NLU. And that's a really good point. And that and that's that that wake word detection. I mean, there's a number of important features about it, one of which is that it really needs to be handled locally. You can't handle that remotely. Yeah. I don't think any of the systems ever tried to handle it remotely because it's not not a good approach. Right. Um, but that means you're limited to certain words and certain words of characteristics of words. Yep. Um, and that's why, you know, it's there's always the, well, I'd love a custom wake word. Yeah, a custom work word would be great, but that's a lot harder than it sounds. 
Yeah. And, and, and in most cases you've got like on a device, you've got one wake word that it listens for. Um, and so, you know, cause on Amazon you can select computer or you can select Ziggy or echo or, you know, so, uh, but you can only have one of those active at a time. It's not listening for all of those. You have to specify, this is the word that I'm wanting to listen for so that it can, you know, very tightly just listen for that one thing and then, you know, process it out afterwards. Um, and it's interesting. I've, I've talked to some engineers before about the characteristics that go into a wake word. And yeah. it certainly used to be, and maybe it's gotten better, but it certainly used to be that they preferred words or they preferred trigger phrases that were at least three syllables. Yep. That's still the guidelines that I know of. Well, except Ziggy doesn't quite meet those criteria. So they're, they're pushing the envelope somewhere. They are. Yeah, they, they, they definitely are uh, with that. But I think with Ziggy is it such, is such a, um, you know, and they probably look for like differences in like word, you know, like, I don't know. See, I'm not a I'm, yeah, I'm sound not engineer a... or, a, you know, a, a, an ASR engineer. Um, uh, but, but it's looking for definitely different, parts of you know different like sounds and and how those vary from other parts in the syllable if you had something that was a very monotone word um then that probably wouldn't yeah. be a great great uh that's a good point so so i think we covered asrs um yeah. on the nlu side i mean there's there's a whole wealth of things that that need to be done and need to be handled when it comes to nlus um you know things like dialogue flow are you know fairly traditional it's you give it a whole bunch of phrases and it applies a little bit of ai to say well you know if you said something near any of these phrases we can handle it yeah and you you give it a bunch of uh, slots and the entity types that go into those slots and it tries to match and it tries to pick other words you know but it's uh it's very fuzzy and it's it, it more problematic i mean it, it's uh it's amazing that it works at all sometimes i think yeah sometimes but you know and there's other strategies too so for example with alexa all of the intents are live all the time so um yeah which and that's, we've talked that's, about that could be disconcerting at times because you're you're frustrating you're like i don't really want this this doesn't even apply in this situation. And so um, it gets harder. Whereas things like, um, you know, dialogue flow and uh, uh, actions on Google, does actually on Google allow you to do context as well and say, these are the specific, you know, yeah, intents the, that I want to be live at this point in time. Yes. The, the action builder was actually very similar to dialogue flow CX, which is the new version of dialogue flow. And yeah, in it, you would have these, either pages or scenes, depending on which platform you're talking about. And then you, which are essentially state machines. Yeah. So you would say in a, when we're in a particular state, um, these are the phrases that are valid. The, um, these are the phrases that are always valid. These are global intents. And also, you know, these are the slots that I want to fill in the types that go into those slots. So at any given moment, it can narrow down to at least some extent, sometimes, what you may be trying to say to reduce uh, to, to reduce confusion. Right. Whereas, Whereas Alexa like, doesn't have that. It doesn't have that. And you know, so a tool like, like Jovo allows you to say, within this context of this state that I've defined, um, or in the new Jovo 4, inside of this component, these are the things that I'm expecting. And if it's not one of these things that I'm expecting, then call it unhandled. And then you can, um, which is different than a fallback. Um, so like unhandled is like, this exists. It's just not pertinent at this point in time yeah. in the conversation. And so treat it as unhandled. And then you could like, if it's, if inside that context, you're trying to ask a question, you could reroute back to the question and ask the question again. Um, because you said something, as opposed to if you said something like uh, fuzzy pizza unicorns or something, which you, hopefully you have nothing in your your model that uh, would would map to that, then 
then that say that would be a fallback situation. It's like you said something that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, nothing in any context would understand what you just said in this. And so then you could treat that differently. But interestingly, um, part of the built-in dialogue management stuff that Alexa has, um, it does. If you're in the context of handling this dialogue management in a very special, specific way, then you do have context of of what's hmm. active during that time, which is 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 um, interesting. Is weird, but uh, yeah, just different strategies depending on which platform you're working on. But right. uh, and and it sounds like Alexa Conversations also has more of a notion of state and what makes sense in each state where you are in each state. That would be an interesting comparison, actually, to compare how Alexa conversations versus dialogue flow yeah. tackled the problem. Yeah, it would be interesting to kind of know behind the scenes how yeah. that's all working and um another show. And yeah, some some show in the future. <laughs> so but I, I you know I think the biggest problem when dealing with you know the Alexa model and certainly certainly something like the certainly something like dialogue flow is mm-hmm. the fact that you've got this disconnect between the ASR and the NLU. Yeah. Um, you know, so there are there are plenty of times where just words don't match correctly. Or you have the you know, one uh one problem that was raised a number of years back at IO is they were talking about uh, launching uh, Google Assistant in Hindi. And they said, this is, you know, it's great, but you got to be careful because people don't necessarily speak Hindi. They speak English, which is Hindi with a bunch of English words thrown into it. And if you're writing this out, you would write them as English words. But if you're speaking them, the the speech to text system will try to turn that into some Hindi word, which doesn't necessarily, or at least some something that vaguely looks like a Hindi word, which doesn't yeah. necessarily make sense. And you need to, you know, manually in some cases, figure out, well, okay, this is really an English word, and this is really what it means. Yeah. Yeah, and there's 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 different situations, and I, I think this is kind of would be. I, don't know, I guess I would clump this this into the well. What happens if the the output of the ASR that text string, there are some misunderstandings in it. So it's like if you if somebody said something to you and you didn't quite understand it, or you you heard something and you heard it wrong. Yeah, you know, there there's a like there's a clarification step. You're like, what did you say? And then you you know you can kind of get get some clarification, but that doesn't you, you don't really have that at that right or or you know you could say what did you say or your brain can say well you know it sounded like they said this but really this word makes more sense in context yeah yeah exactly you know, we're we're better at processing that kind of thing than than our systems are so this this is an invocation phrase but like if if we were to use this inside of a a, a skill. Instead of a, an utterance, if we were to say two voice devs, then we might come up. The first word might be translated as the 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 number two, or just the the word to, and devs might be changed to devs. Devs with the yeah. B. We've never seen that before. So there might be cases where you're like, if this phrase, if you come up with, you know, t o o voice devs. Then really, I want two voice devs, you know, TWO. So we want aliasing of some sort. Yeah. So and so yeah, and so it's not it's not necessarily synonyms, but it's it's, it's like string replacement. So so there was a conversation that we had on on office hours that uh, about well, what if you had access to that ASR string right before you sent that off to NLU, um, and you could do some. I guess pre-processing on the text before it was uh, passed to the to the NLU. Then what kind of things would you do? And you know, so you could do um, some some string replacement, some just very basic string replacement. Um, if you know that this word or 
two or three words happens and it's a misunderstanding. You and can it's correct a consistent it. misunderstanding. Yeah. 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 You don't want to do too much in that layer because then that starts getting into context or personalization. And you're like, that's that that should actually be handled on the other end after you get back with your intent. You can have additional intents or you can disambiguate um, based on slots or you know, there's different things you can do yeah. on that end. But but that might be a case. There might be a case where you're really heavy in like menu items, like we said, or it could be a system where you have a, a list of people's names and it's consistently, you know, if it's like this this name and this name and it's Sean, is it Sean spelled this way or is it Sean spelled, you know, S-E-A-N? Is it so if you see this this name, you could replace it with the actual name so that when it gets to the point where it's like looking that up, it actually has the right name. Or mm -hmm. it could be location names, or it could be like the, the case that you said where you're mixing um a foreign word in with your main language. And maybe that's a, a you know something that you consistently want to do, but you could you could do that type of quick um string replacement right before the NLU processing. And and I think the that's an important point is that it is a quick string replacement because otherwise it means you need to add these aliases into the NLU training itself. Yeah. Yeah. And that now becomes a lot of other additional work. So I think anything that can that can shortcut things a little bit can sometimes really help. Yeah, and you have that opportunity whereas like like normally you're language model for that part is something that you have to like pre-build yeah and so and every you time this, you this see this, a difference you need to rebuild it yeah whereas you could have this layer where you've got some sort of content management system where you've specified oh let's put this in there and now it just happens really quickly um be, before and then like over time you can start deciding like all right do i want this change here i've got a hundred of these string replacements here which one of these should I actually move into the to the you know conversational model um, and have that handled as far as yeah. synonyms um, for for my my slots or something? You know, and I th this actually reminds me of something else, and it's a point you raised earlier that just you know each of these components takes time. So going yeah. into the NLU itself that takes time, and sometimes if if all you're using the NLU for is to identify an intent. Um, sometimes NLUs can do more, but if all you're using it for is to identify an intent, that can be a pretty expensive operation. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if you're just saying, you know, if the user just says something like, yep, yeah, that's a lot of effort for a really simple phrase. And I understand Jovo is, is trying something to address that. Yeah. So they, they, they did, um, create a plugin and and um, you said expensive just a moment ago and I wanted to to kind of tease out that word a little bit. Did you mean expensive is in time consuming adding to the overall um, response time or expensive as in cost you real dollars because you're paying a service to do it for you? I well in this case I meant expensive in terms of time but since dialogue flow charges for each call that's also expensive in terms of money or you know over time anyway yeah over time yeah there in, in some cases like nlus are typically a lot cheaper they're like pennies for the you know or fraction of pennies for the you know translation of, of it and so you have to have a lot of throughput to, to actually have it cost quite a bit if you're doing nlu whereas if you're having the system the back-end system do the asr part that could be very expensive. That could be hundreds of dollars yes. a month um, for that that point. So, um, but no, that, I, I I agree with you that it, it really depends. And what we were talking about specifically was that, that it takes extra time. But um, kind of to handle this thing, Jovo uh, came out with just a a plugin that does exactly some of the things that we talked about. Is that it? Um, originally, it's it's like a preprocessor for the NLU step, whereas it will first check to see if what you said matches a, a small list of um, words or phrases. And if it does, then it will say, just use this intent. And so that's all, that's like, that's really quick. That's no, you know, API call at all. There's no, you know, cost in time or 
or money to to use this an API you know service. Um, and in some cases, like like if you're doing, um, oh, I, why do I always forget that uh, on Google when you have little dialogue buttons that have single words at the end of a response suggestion to chips suggestion chips i'm just like oh my gosh this should be like a game like name that uh name feature. that feature <laughs> yeah suggestion chips so like if you have just something short with the suggestion chip you know it could be a yes it could be a no um then you can you know you can just handle that really quickly and and if it doesn't match that list then it could you know send everything the rest of everything back to nlu so um I, I thought it was, that was probably a, a, an ingenious uh, approach to handle some some uh, you know cases um, that that I've had before. It's, it's yeah. definitely a, a plugin that I would use. It's it's a clever clever plugin, but I think there's there's caveats here. Yeah, and the first is it doesn't work with Alexa because Alexa, you're 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 not you're not before the NLU. <laughs> No, no. What? Well, yeah. So the 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 input, the request that's coming in from Alexa already tells you what the intent and slots are. Right. That's it. That's you. You. It completely handles the ASR and NLU for you. You just get the the output of the NLU as the request that you get. But if you're doing uh, doing a chatbot, if you're doing oh, yeah. uh, a, a custom assistant that's that's mobile or web. Um, Trying to think of where else. Um, well, I think the big thing is in custom assistance, where yeah. you may have an ASR in place. You know, where you may be yeah. using uh, Raza or something like that. That this is now a place where you can handle things a little bit faster. I, I think the other caution, though, is you don't want to rely on this too much. Yeah. Because all it is is string matching. Yeah. You know, it's so it's it's great for a chatbot where you can make sure they type exactly that. Um, but, you know, if you're expecting people to have something of a more natural conversation, you're going to end up putting in thousands of strings in here to try yeah. to match everything that a person could say. And that's just a terrible approach. Yeah. And, and, and you know, if you, I, I can imagine this, I, I don't know since my, like my depth in, in creating voice assistance is, basically six years old or whatever, right? That um, I imagine going back 10, 15, 20 years, maybe that was the approach that they took. That's kind of how they started. And then they started figuring out that you can train language models and, well, and I, things like that. The impression I actually had is that the very first Alexa model, you needed to list in a, a bunch of, of phrases and those weren't training phrases. Those were exact matches. Really? I, I That's the first I've heard of that. Now, that's what I remember. And maybe my memory is faulty. And maybe somebody from Amazon will correct me on that. <laughs> but what I remember was those were exact matches. They weren't training phrases. You know, nowadays we give a training phrases and it, the AI fudges it on its own. But back yeah. then it was exact matching, exact pattern matching. Because, you know, you could indicate where a slot was. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, you know, also interesting on NLU is that in some cases you can say, this is a finite list. This is a closed list. So only, mm. only, you know, deal with the slots or entities that exactly um, that giving you yeah. other ones are like, Oh, you gave me about 30 different examples. Some of them are one word. Some of them are two words. Some of them are three words. All right. You said something else that doesn't match anything that's in that list, but it's three words. The rest of the anchor phrase matches. I think it's the same thing. Here you go, um, which might be perfectly great. It might be what you want. I mean, it might, might that be, might be yeah. exactly what you want. So right. you know, certainly when you're dealing with things like names, there's no way you're going to try to list every possible first name. Right. Yeah. Um, but you want something that kind of seems like it might be a first name, whatever that means. Yeah. So. So back to the Jovo plugin, um, what is it called? It is called the keyword NLU. And so if you go to the Jovo marketplace, you can see that. You can look at the code and kind of see, um, well, you can even just see the the, the readme page and, and get a good understanding of what it does. Um, 
you get to provide a list based on uh, locales, just like the, the country portion of the locale. So like EN for English, DE for German. And then you can list a list of key value pairs so that it will look to see what if it finds that key. And if it does, it's going to use the intent. That's the value and just short circuit the NLU process. Um, something that I worked on um, a little bit today was adding in that string replacement piece as kind of like a, a precursor step to even that step where you can say, here's a list of you know key value pairs. If it finds this key in there, do a string replacement in the input text with the value as many times as it is in the in the string and just do, you know, go through every item in the list um, and do string replacements. And at the very end, now you have a new text string that's passed on to that next step. And if it's not handled in that next step, then it's passed off that's to the NLU. Um, so um, I don't know, it'll be kind of interesting, but once again, it's it, it has some uses, Yeah. but uh, you have to kind of at, at some point decide if I've got a thousand or 2000 of these string replacements happening, that may still be very fast. I don't know. You'd have to like, uh, I, I think we're talking how... memory. So, you know, we're, yeah. it's probably pretty fast these days, but you know, I, I do think it starts getting unmanageable. And I think, you know, at some point, this is where as developers, we need to say, okay, when is this a tool? And when are we abusing a feature? Yeah. When are we yeah. torturing a feature to get what we want out of it? Um, when it should be done a better way. Um, and, you know, as always, as developers, that's part of what we're out to figure out. You know, that's part of our job. Yeah, and I could see, like, in the future, um, ASR systems progressing where you could provide a data dictionary to the ASR of, of those types of string replacements that you would like to see happen. And that just happens on the server side of things. Um, so I, I, I think things like that. I also think um, that sometimes it's challenging to say, okay, this this word or these these words have to match. And it's a, it's a English, you know, in you know, whatever the language is, but in this case, an English string comparison. Whereas there is IPA, and you can define how words sound oh, with IPA. Oh. That That's wouldn't actually that be excellent. Wouldn't be great if you could then provide like, oh, if I have this word and I, you know, or the something that's words that sound like this word defined in IPA, then this is the word that it actually should be, you know, understood as. That's an excellent point. We we really hear very very little about IPA specification on input. Whereas yeah. we talk about it all the time on output, even if we forgot to mention it last week. We've talked about it before, though. We have talked about it before. The, the The last piece that I want to bring up, and this this is kind of just for completeness sake, because we were talking about the ASR and the audio input side of things. There is still the whole, how noisy is your environment? Yes. Um, or like how, how much, um, um, I guess, how good is the audio? So like audio talking on a phone is different than, you know, audio or like even talking on like an old right dial-up compared to, to to a smartphone and i would add to that also just dealing with accents it amazes me sometimes yes. that you know the all of the asr systems are bad at it but it's amazing how good they are you know as as bad as they are yeah um it still amazes me sometimes that 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 they work as well as they do sometimes yeah, and said I think, a different said slightly a different way is there is still room for improvement. There's a lot on, of room for improvement on ASR on <clears throat> even just getting clear um, clear audio input for noisy uh, situations. Like if you're if you're in a you know car mechanic garage and you're you know talking, there's echo and there's noise and there's tools and there's you know there's different things going on. That it, that's that's challenging. So kind of like the the audio processing before it even gets into the ASR um, is is another area where improvements can be made. Definitely. So we've covered ASR, we've covered NLU, we've covered and a whole uh, bunch of other things, a bunch of other <laughs> things um, related to all parts of these. Uh, anything else we wanted to cover tonight? 
No, but that's that's good. I, I like that because in the end, you know, we're we're really talking about the whole front part of of of, of assistance, the the audio to the text, the thing that you know finally gets to the the business logic part, and then you know last last time we talked about the the text to speech, which is the the output response side of things. So it's it's kind of a nice right to to group those up into the, like those three Rounds main areas. You know, yeah. and I and I think also yes, as as people who are developing skills or people who are developing audio apps, we really don't need to get into the nitty gritty of this a lot of the time, but it's really useful to understand at least on a high level, how some of it works so that we, you know, that we know as we're doing conversation design, this is why we need to pay attention to things in this case. Or, you know, if our system lets us do things like um, suggested keywords or, you know, keyword hinting, when would we want to take advantage of that and why would we and what does it do so you know we don't usually get into the guts of these systems we'll we'll try to find a guest who can talk about the guts of these systems sometime but uh, i think it's important for us to at least have a basic understanding of them yeah and one of the things um this, this is just kind of for interest on people that, that you know are wanting to make a career of this um one of the questions that I ask when I'm interviewing people is just explain from from the user talking to the microphone to you know what's the process the request response process what are the steps that it goes through and kind of what happens in each of those steps I don't expect you to be an expert I'm not an expert in each of those areas but it, it is important to know what the pipeline is what happens this leads to this this leads to this and and understand um, kind of how that all fits together because that's that's an important end-to-end um, uh, part of just understanding how uh, voice assistants work. Definitely. So, you know, we'd love to hear others' thoughts on this. Uh, as always, you can leave comments below or find us on social media where we'd love to talk to you about this or, or many other topics. And um, we're going to keep plugging this as, uh, as time approaches. Uh, we're in September. Uh, next month is October, and Alan and I will be at Voice Summit uh, live and in person. You can listen to uh, us do a Two Voice Devs uh, broadcast there or the other talks that we're doing or just talk to us in the hall or yep. uh, meet us and, for, for dinner or something. And at Two Voice Devs Live, we will be taking audience questions. So yes. uh, we'll be having more information on that. Uh, if you're in the hall, we'd love to hear from you there. If not, we will be taking questions ahead of time to make sure that uh, we answer them then. So uh, two voice devs live and in person at Voice Summit in October with your questions. That would be great. I'm, I'm really looking forward I'm to it. I'm so looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. So uh, until then, um, we will uh, see you another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care. Take care. Have a great week. Thank you.